Happy New Year to all of you. We certainly thank God that you are with us uh, here today. We want to take a moment at this time to recognize first our visitors that are watching us online. We thank God that you are with us in this new year. If you are watching us online from no matter where you are, go ahead and drop in the chat your name and your location. Let us know where you are worshiping from. There's some people that are in the chat standing by ready to greet you and to welcome you in Jesus' name no matter where you are. Now for those in the building, if this is your first time hanging with us, you said, you know what, I want to start the year in church, in the house of God, and I'm glad to be in the house. This is your first time. Would you stand, please? Let's recognize you and thank God for you. Any first-timers in the building today? Any first-timers in the building? All right. All right, this is all us today. This is all us. Good, and look at your neighbor and say, what's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? What up, cuz? Tell them, happy new year, cuz. This is the first day of the month as well, and so we celebrate January birthdays. Do we have any January birthday babies? Come on, stand to your feet. If that's you, stand to your feet. All the January birthday babies. Amen. Come on, let's give them a big clap off in the praise. Come on, let's sing happy birthday to them. Two, one, two, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Come on, let's go. Happy. Come on, let's get him a big clap off in the praise. Happy birthday. Amen. Thank you all so much. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Let's give our praise team a big clap off in the praise as well for leading us uh, into worship. So we also know that first Sunday of the month, we also celebrate wedding anniversaries. And let me just be clear. Um, you know, the first Sunday of the year, I just want to make sure everybody understands uh, we are recognizing wedding anniversaries, and we know that marriages are under different definitions in our day and time. Our position has not changed, and last I kept reading scripture, I don't see where it will change, but we honor and affirm that marriage is still between one man and one woman. And while we respect the fact that there are other definitions, what we look at is the Word of God. And we see that the Word of God clearly says that marriage is between one man and one woman. And so if that is you uh, and you are celebrating a wedding anniversary in the month of January, would you please stand so we can celebrate you as well? All those celebrating wedding anniversaries. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remain standing. We're going to pray for you, 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for those who are standing. We thank you for these couples that are a reflection between Christ and the church. We pray over them, God, for their families. We pray for their finances. We pray for their friendship. We pray that their home would not be a battleground, but that it be a space where your spirit can be free. Bless now, God, their union. Let not the enemy get any space into their marriage this year. Let them draw closer to one another and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give them another clap off and a praise. Amen. So again, if you're just coming in, first Sunday of the month, first Sunday of the month, I normally do a narrated Hey, babe. How are you? Look good, too. Can I get your number? It's going to cost me. So what I got to do to get your number? I got to take you out. Where you want to go? I'm standing Girl, you knocked me out. <laughs> Thanks, Devon. You got me some points on that one. You, you helped me out. I appreciate it. <laughs> First Sunday of the month is, uh, or the year, we do a narrated service where I'm narrating and setting ground and expectation for what we want for our services for the entire year, for the vision of our church, so uh, that you will know exactly where we're going. So the one thing that I am most responsible for as pastor of the church is to cast vision. There are many people at the church who are associate ministers that can preach and preach very well. There are many who can teach and can teach very well. There are many who can marry, that can do funerals, but the one thing that I have to do that no one else can do is to be able to cast vision. So I spend a lot of my time in prayer seeking God about where it is that God wants to lead our church. And so your responsibility is, is to receive the vision. And as the Bible says, I, you know, God writes the vision and make it plain. And then we who see it, our job is to run with it. And so go back to that first slide, Bill, if you can. Uh, I want to go back to the first one that uh, maybe you didn't see before service started. But the first thing that we want to establish, and this happened this morning, is that we want to get back to a more free-flowing worship service. Where before COVID, like we saw this morning, we had people up at the front. We had people that were committed to worship. We had people up and standing and comfortable in your worship space. And then COVID hit. And as I said before, when COVID hit, we started to appreciate the fact that you were simply watching the service. But in watching the service, it may have been that there were some habits that were developed at home that may not be conducive for how we want church to be here. So you might have been watching service under the covers. You might have been watching service eating grits and eggs, cup of coffee. But we want to get back to that place pre-COVID where we had worship that was free, that was liberating, that was 
something that we were passionate about, is what we brought to the table. And I'm so proud of you because that's what we experienced this morning. We want to see more of that on a consistent basis. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is that usually during this particular time is the service, is the offering. And I do want to talk just for a moment about finances. And I know that anytime you talk about finances in the church, people get a little nervous. And that's because if you've been in church in different places, sometimes there are very creative ways that people sometimes try to pressure you into giving or to guilt trip you into giving. We try not to do that here. We just try to lay it out to you and tell you what the scriptures say about giving, about what the scriptures say about how we should plant seed into the right spaces. Give and it shall be given. Press down, shaken together, and runneth over. You see, you do have a choice in terms of where you can spend resources. And as a believer, one of the first places that we should sow seed is in the house of God, because that's what God commands. And so we still believe in the tithe and in the offering. Uh, that has not changed for us. And I know that on Sundays we don't spend a lot of time every Sunday talking about tithe and offering. But please understand that a lot of your blessings, if you desire greater blessings in 23, is in some ways connected to your giving. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that in church, but that's just a fact. That as you sow seed into the kingdom, God comes back around and blesses you when you need it the most. I have seen it time and time again in my own life that when there was a choice between doing this or paying the tithe, we trusted God with the tithe and somehow, some way, anybody else got that testimony? You still had food to eat. You looked up and you saw all the bills were still paid. You looked in your pantry and you saw you still had all the food that you needed and and you can recognize that when you give God what God deserves first, it makes the difference, I'm telling you, in your life. And so here's the initiative that we want to do this year. I'm going to give it to you today. I'm going to be straight with you. Some of you weren't at the last vision night at the end of the year. You need to know what the budget is for our church. The budget this year that we're believing God for is right on the screen. $1,374,983. That's what we believe in God for. That by the end of the year, that's what we'll have. Now, I got to warn you, uh, the final numbers aren't in for 2022. We still got to tabulate. Trustees got to tabulate. But it was not looking like we were going to make that number because this number was actually our budget number for last year. And trustees said it's not looking like we may make that number. And so I'm giving it to you at the beginning of the year. Trustees said we need to adjust our budget. I said, nope, we're not going to do it. What we believed God for last year, if we didn't get it, we're going to believe God for this year. We're going to believe God for it. Now, for those who wonder, what does this 1.374 go to? It goes to our staffing. 
We have an amazing staff that do a phenomenal job. So keep in mind, it does not go all to me. It goes to all of our staff that work very, very hard to make sure that we can provide a level of ministry that you would be pleased with. So let's give it up to the staff. They do an amazing job. That 1.3 also goes to our ministry needs. So all of the ministries that we have in the church, Reverend Person met with the ministries. They have ideas and, and activities and events that they want to do in this year. So all of the activities and events that they came up with, Reverend Person took that to the trustees and those activities and events were approved. And so that went into the budget. And then also the, bare, you know, the necessities of day-to-day -day function. Virginia Power don't know God bless you. Waterworks don't want to hear amazing grace. So there are some realities of church in order to keep the lights on and to keep the water running. And so we don't have leaks in the building and the roof. And we got y'all, y'all may not realize this. Uh, where's Bell? Bell? How many roofs do we have, man? How many roofs do we have? We have 13 roofs in this, on this property. Each one, to keep it up, costs anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $50,000. We don't want to keep coming back to y'all. I don't want to send our kids out in front of Walmart either. Because scripture never said take your kids out to the front. Scripture say, bring your tithe to the storehouse. That there might be meat in my house and prove me now herewith. And so here's what I'm asking you all to do this year. I'm asking us to be faithful in what God has called for us to do. That's the number right there. Now, there's another initiative that we do that is not, I repeat, it is not connected to our budget, which is the 1.3. That's the Operation Bless the Community. That is a separate offering that we do that all of the money that comes into there goes directly right back out to the community. So when Mayor Price came a couple of weeks ago and we sowed a seed into the daycare for the community for $10,000, that was because of your generous and faithful giving that was separate from the normal budget. So we're believing God again this year that we'll be able to raise at least $30,000 of that, that we can again take those resources, we can give them right back out to the community and bless those because we believe, I believe that Ivy is not just called to serve the members of our church. We are positioned here to make impact in our community. And so that means that if you're looking at 1.3 and then you add Operation Bless the Community, I'm believing, God, that we're going to be north of 1.4 at the end of the year. And I need some people that's going to pray with me, that's going to believe that God's going to provide everything that we need in order to make it happen. If that's you, come on, give God a praise for it. And then the last thing that we're going to do financially that has nothing to do with the 10, this is what to do with the 90 or what's left we also want to talk about this year learning how to support with our resources some of the businesses that are and the entrepreneurs that are within our congregation. 
And so we did this uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We had a small business Saturday event that went extremely well. Many of the small businesses were owners and members of our church that we want to sow seed into because we have to learn the lesson of other ethnic groups of how to keep money and dollars in our communities. We are the absolute worst at it. And that's why other ethnic groups, no shade to them, when they come, they come into our communities and we buy their stuff. But yet our own businesses, for people in our own congregations that have their own dreams, we don't support. When in some cases the product that they're offering is inferior to what the product is of the person in our community. So we're going to be talking about small businesses, entrepreneurship within our congregation. How can we support? How can we make a difference? And we have people within our congregation that have small businesses in just about every area that you can imagine. I'd like to believe that if it comes down to you need a plumber, if you need an electrician, if you need to buy a car, if you need insurance, we have everything like this in the church already that you would first give them the opportunity to earn your business, as I said, earn the business because you have the right to go elsewhere with your dollars. But this is the kind of impact that we want to start making financially to advance the kingdom. So this is really not just about what you give to Ivy. God has put in your hand a measure of wealth. God is interested in what we do with the 100, not just the 10. And as we learn how to better take care of our own and develop our own, and as we sow seed into the kingdom, that's how God is pleased. So I'm asking you to join me in prayer this year. 1.3 is the budget. That's what, so when you give, let me just be clear. When you give, and most of you are giving the right way. So for those who are visiting with us, it's all family today. So you know that 70% of how we give is given through an online platform. That's either through a website, that's through Cash App, that's through Givelify, that's through some other means online. That is the safest way to give and, and the preferred way and the easiest way to give. We've been here 16, almost 17 years. I remember when we first got here, we used to have to stand and walk and do the offering. Y'all remember that? Come on, give us some walking music, Devon. <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. This is the one blessing of COVID. That COVID forced us to shift in that direction, and it's the easiest, the fastest, and it's the quickest way for us to bless. Now, if you still prefer to give in person, Please make sure you use the boxes in the back. Please make sure that you properly notate your giving form. You have to notate and put your first and last name and put it in a way that people can read it. Some of y'all speaking in tongues with your writing. And, and please understand that you have to put your first and last name. We got a whole lot of people named Ed that go here. We got a whole lot of people last name Smith that go here. We don't know who you are unless you put also your member number on your envelope. So please make sure you know your member number. Put that on the envelope 
so that we can properly give you credit. So you ain't fussing at us at the end of the year because we didn't correctly give you credit when you didn't put your full name or member number and you left it up to us to try to figure out who you are. We don't know who this is that gave this $15. So please help us, okay? And so again, we're, we're trusting God for that. So if you got that, somebody say amen. amen. Now I'm going to bring up our director of ministries to come on up here. So two things we've already talked about we're focusing on this year. Number one, stronger worship. Number two, looking at our giving, making sure we hit the mark this year. The third thing that we're going to focus on this year is kind of what we picked up on from last year, and, and that is ministry involvement. It is, without a doubt, the most or one of the most important things that has to happen at Ivy is getting mo more of you off the bench and in the game. A lot of people assume that because of the size of our congregation and the way we do ministry, that everything looks good, everything must be fine. Wrong. You all see the dining room table. Y'all don't see the kitchen. We need more people in the kitchen that can help make it even better. So Reverend Person's up here today, and he's going to talk about what his vision is and direction is for ministries and ministry involvement in 2023. Let's give him a clap off the praise. Thank you, Pastor, and good morning and happy new year to all of you all. Uh, first of all, let me say I thank God just for the privilege and opportunity to serve. Uh, uh, you, some of you have heard me say this before that my calling is doing what God has called me to do right here at Ivy, so it's a privilege to be able to do that. Also, I want to thank all of you all who have served uh, in 2022. Uh, we know that uh, a lot of you give of your time and your talent, and we thank God for that. But as Pastor said, we want to move ministry forward. We know and we believe because the scripture teaches us that everyone, God has gifted everyone to do something in ministry. Your ministry might not be seen. Your ministry might not be part of the ministry and arts or what have you, but each one of us has been gifted. And yes, we want everybody off the bench, and yes, we want uh, to have many hands. But I've shared this with pastors too. My heart is, is that, and this, this is where, and I just shared this with somebody this morning. My heart is not to see a thousand people working. My heart is to see you working in your ministry calling so you hear God say, well done. Because if God has purpose in your heart, if he's birthed something in you, and for whatever reason you choose to sit on your hands and not get comfortable in you, you might be saved and making into heaven, but my Bible teaches me that there will be rewards that you will miss out on. And so this, this is not about to flatter me because I lead a group of people with thousands or so many people involved. My calling is to make sure that you're walking worthy in the calling that God has given you. So when you stand before the Lord, he'll say, well done. Amen. And it starts with a few things. And I'm going to talk about just a few things that's coming up that will help us with that. First off, we have discipleship. Linda Porter, you saw me uh, work... Uh, interviewed her a few weeks ago, 
She often talks about needing teachers. There's people gifted to teach in the ministry. Not just the ministers, not just the deacons. There are people who are gifted to teach. Great opportunity to get involved. But right now we're starting discipleship classes, place where you can learn and grow and mature in your gift, in your walk with the Lord. Because guess what? If your heart ain't right, I don't care how good you can sing. Y'all with me? I ain't talking about nobody over here, but I am going to tell you, if your heart ain't right, you don't need to be on the stage, not this stage. All right? So there's opportunities where you can come into discipleship class and grow into the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Many classes, you see them on the screen. But you got to register. All of them on Zoom. You ain't got to leave your house. You can, we, we, we support pajamas in the bed on, on discipleship. Okay? You know, just be off the screen, though. You know what I mean? But you can do that. So please, ma'am, please so register. Pastor makes such an investment where he says, okay, we're going to do this on Wednesday, normal Bible study time, So, but we're not going to have Bible study, so there's no excuse all of us can get on. We even got a noonday, amen? Amen. So that's the first thing, amen. Second thing is a great opportunity, Sister Shannon Jones, who, who, who leads our, uh, our um, help me out, social justice, praise God, amen, amen. See, some, that's a ministry helps. Somebody need to help a brother out, okay. But since Santa Jones, who leads uh, Social Justice, here is a platform. Now, get this. Here is a platform where you can not just come and take a political stance, but you can take a biblical stance in the political arena. Amen? Y'all with me? Because I believe God has called the church to lead the world. She leads our Social Justice ministry. She's got some great things planned. Uh, this Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m., again on Zoom, you ain't got to leave the house. You can do it from your phone. She's going to talk to you about a lot of good things and opportunities, even starting the following week, that you can get involved with. Again, this is, this is if some of you all have those, that passion, so here, that's another opportunity. Then Friday night, Sister East Ann leads our uh, intercessor. She, was, she and her team were here this morning. We asked Sister East Ann. There you go. There she go over there. Y'all see her. But this Friday night, they came and they want to, they want the intercessors want to come first Friday every month and just pray for the church. Now, what we talked about, they're going to show up whether you're here or not. But it would be good that you could be here because they'll be here to pray for you if you need prayer. If you want to touch and agree, because all this stuff the pastor's talking about, the enemy ain't happy with it. And he's going to wage war, watch this, within the building. And these people who've been called, like I believe some of you have been called, to have the voice of crying out on the behalf of others. So you can get involved. If you have that passion for praying and you want to learn about praying, they've got some teaching opportunities that they're going to come and talk to us about intercessing. Amen. So, uh, now that ain't on Zoom. Okay? Come on in, come on in the room. Amen? Uh, and then finally, I want to talk to Sister... Where, 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 where's Shannon at? Sister Shannon Moore. Stand up, Sister Shannon Moore. Shannon... <laughs> some of y'all know y'all see her on Saturday mornings. Sister Shannon Moore uh, comes out here. And let me, let me, let me, let me just say, say this to her, because all of us uh, who work in Milton Ministry are volunteers. Uh, Shannon comes on her own time and works y'all out in the chapel. Uh, 
I ain't made it yet because God ain't called me there, okay? But uh, <laughs> I'm coming. Y'all pray for intercessors. Put that on the prayer list. Pray for me so I can show up on a Saturday morning. But a great opportunity to come because it's mind, body, and soul that we're working on. You can connect with her. Now, she got a business, okay? She does have a business. So we will ask you to do, do a, a, a donation, five, $5, but then see her after if you want to work out. Thank you, Sister And there are many other op opportunities that we're going to be highlighting through the year where we want you connected. My vision connects with pastor. I want to see everybody involved in ministry, but I want to see you involved with the right heart. I had to pray earnestly this morning before I got up here because I was wrestling with some things. Because I can't come up here with a dirty hands and dirty heart and speak before you. And neither can you serve God with, a dirty, with dirty hands and dirty hearts. Amen? God bless you. Thank you, Reverend. We love Reverend Person, don't we? He's a great. Yeah, y'all give it up for him. So those are the three things we're focusing on in 2023, stronger worship. You got to bring that to the table. We want to hit our mark financially, believe in God for 1.4. And then also we're looking for greater ministry participation. Every one of you that are called by God, you have a gift and a purpose and a, and a place and a space for you at Ivy of which to express your gifts. So those are the three things we're going to keep coming back to in 2023. If you got that, say amen. Let's all stand, please. First start of the new year, we need to show some love to each other that we made it through another year. Go ahead and take some time right now. Tell somebody that you love them. Tell them that you love them. Online, you know we love you too. After you finish hugging, remain standing, please. Ten more seconds, get that last hug in. Seven, six, five, four. 
Three, two, one. Well, once y'all start saying y'all love each other, boy, y'all can't stop, Katie. That's good. That's what we want. Turn to your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I want to lift up one verse, verse number 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's enough. You may be seated. Every January, it's customary that the President of the United States gives what is called the State of the Union Address. Today I'm giving the State of Ivy Address. <laughs> Father, if you would now please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight for you, God, are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, Amen. On behalf of Lady Swan and I, we again want to take the opportunity to say thank you for last year. We were afforded uh, the first chance since we've been here to go out on a three-month sabbatical. It was during that period of time that I really delved deeply into some areas that I could not have done while I was still here. One of the things that I looked at more intently while I was out was really taking a hard look at the society and the things that are in it, what we're living in and what we're dealing with and what we are experiencing on a daily basis. And how then can church be more relevant, more impactful, be able to meet needs better, because that's what church is supposed to do. So from that, the Lord gave me the theme while we were on sabbatical for this year. And the theme that I want to share with you all, um, last year was love is the key. This year, the theme is called kingdom over culture. Say it with me, please. Kingdom, Kingdom. Over, culture. over culture. So most of this year, we're going to be examining this thought. If you join in with us on the daily readings that we give out to you every day, all of the readings or the majority of the readings for this year are going to focus on the Gospels or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the preaching will, along with the daily scriptures, because I am convinced also that I figured this out while I was away, that most people who come to church know what Jesus did with the hope that Jesus would do the same for them as what he did for those in scripture. He healed the sick. He unstopped deaf ears. He gave sight to the blind. He provided food. And, and most of us 
when we think of Jesus, we think of Jesus in those terms. He raised Lazarus from the dead. That's what he did. But for believers, we should not also get caught up in what he did. We should be more caught up in what did he say? What did Jesus talk about? What was on his mind? Why did he come in the first place? And the answer is, is that Jesus unequivocally talked more about one thing than he did anything else. He talked about the kingdom. And it is interesting to me that we, many of us can be in church for years, grew up in the church. I grew up in the church, but not really still have an understanding of what the kingdom is. And why the kingdom is so important. And why should we as believers be pursuing the kingdom above everything else? So that's why we're going to talk about kingdom over culture. I'm sure if I were to ask all of you today, what's the kingdom? Since he talked about it so much, what's, what's the kingdom? I'm certain that I would get several different responses. So going into this year, I want to make sure that we're all clear and we can all speak from the same space and place that when we talk about kingdom, this is what it means. And when we talk about what this is and what Jesus talked about more than anything else, this is what it means. And so here it is. I'm going to give you the scripture verse for this year. It's a familiar one that um, you probably know before. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 33. I'm giving you two different versions because I like both of them. I hope that you will end up reciting or memorizing one of them so that you can have it down in your spirit as you go throughout the year. So let me give you context. Jesus said, and starting off in this Matthew chapter 6, he says in verse 25, why are you worried about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear? He said, don't you know that even the birds know that they're going to be taken care of? He said, go look outside and look at the, the, the flowers in the field. They neither toil nor spin. But they know that their father in heaven knows that they're going to be taken care of. And Jesus said, if the flowers in the field are going to be taken care of. And if the birds in the air are going to make sure that they get what they need, then why do you worry? Because you're more important than the bird and the flower. Oh, you of little faith. He said, you worried about how your bills going to get paid. You worried about your next bill. He said, Aunt, just go outside and look. And everything that you see somehow, some way gets taken care of. Time after time. It gets taken care of. He said, so instead of worrying, here's what you should do. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he said, and all of these things will be given to you. Lord, have mercy. That could preach right there. Uh, what does he mean, all these things? 
uh, all the things that you already are praying for that God already knows that you need before you started praying for. Food to eat, clothes to wear, water, uh, a job, finances. He already knows all of that before you even started to go to him because that's what a good father knows. Good fathers know that their children need to be fed. Good fathers know that their children need to have a roof over their head. Good fathers know that their children need to be taken care of. And at last I checked, God is a good father. So what he's saying is, God, Jesus is saying, God already knows all of that before you even ask him. So here's what you should do. Instead of worrying about that, worry about the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Go after the kingdom of God first for your life. And his righteousness. Well, what does his righteousness mean? And being in the right standing with God. Make that the priority in 2023. God, I want to be in your will. God, I want to honor your word. God, I don't want to get outside of whatever it is that you got for me in this season. God, whatever you're asking me to do, I want to be right there. Because I know when I'm right there, the blessings will follow. So here's what Jesus said. If you seek the kingdom of God first and you concentrate on his righteousness, then you know what he said at the end? You ready for this? The money will come. The food will be there. The job will be there. The clothes will be there. You having enough gas to make it to a payday, it'll be there. If you chase him first. That's the theme for the year. So having said that, now we have to think, we have to figure out then, well, you know, Kingdom over culture. So what is culture? But what is culture? Culture is defined by the dictionary as behaviors, beliefs, values that are generally accepted among a particular group of people. Now, it's important to point out that every organization that you are a part of has some form of culture. Your family has a culture. Your workplace environment or school has a culture. Ivy Baptist has a culture. You cannot be a part of anything that does not involve culture, which means that there is a way of which people have determined what is and what is not acceptable, what is and what is not the norms, what is and what is not appropriate behavior. Every organization has some form of culture. When we look at the culture of our society as a whole, what we can conclude is, three, is, is a few things. And this is what I studied while I was out. The most important thing that we need to understand is that the culture of our society is rapidly moving away from God. Church attendance is at an all-time low. Church knowledge, even for those who go to church, is at an all-time low. People are more interested in what influencers have to say. And so now we're living in a culture 
that involves these things on the screen. Number one, the culture that we are in is hypersexual. Don't get uncomfortable now. Pornography has now become acceptable in mainstream. Pornhub is the number one site on the internet, more so and makes more money than the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. Pornhub. Don't tell me that doesn't impact your relationships. Because if you're trying to find somebody, now they want you to do what they are watching. And now you gotta figure out who you gonna be. We now live in a society where anything sexually goes. If I want a man, so be it. If I want a woman, so be it. If I want both, so be it. If I want five, so be it. And this is the culture and mindset that we bring here. Because you can only bring here what you're dealing with out there. So this is why for some it's hard to worship. Because as soon as we tell you to close your eyes, the enemy is showing you what you just saw on Pornhub before you came. And how can I worship when I got all of these images of things that don't honor God but have now become acceptable in the culture of which we live. So number one, you need to understand that in the culture outside of this church, sex rules the day. Anything that is sold usually involves some scantily clad female in a bathing suit. I was watching commercial the other day. They were selling tires. How come we got a girl in a two-piece bathing suit in a tire commercial? Because sex sells. And since sex sells, the Kardashian effect has now taken hold for everybody. Because now there's a platform called OnlyFans where anybody can do anything to be able to make money in a sexual way, legally. Now, it used to be in our day, older day, you know, you had to work hard to find explicit stuff. Not no more. And what nobody's talking about is our kids are seeing pornography in elementary school. Talk to the teachers. 
Courtney, tell them the truth. Middle school kids getting caught in the janitor's room, in the elevators, having sex in school. This is the culture that we live in. The enemy is exposing at a young age inappropriate ways that people should be valued. The sacredness of our bodies and the sacredness of sex is gone. Whatever it is that you want to do with whom you ever choose to do it with is now the order of the day. And we are not to judge. The second thing that's happening in our society is that everybody now lives in what is called a relative truth. Which means that there is no singular truth, but that everybody has their own version of the truth. So it's not what you think or what I think, it's what I believe. And I'm going to live life by my truth, and you live your life by your truth, and we'll just try to figure it out. Y'all help me understand. How can you be in a relationship with somebody where you don't have a singular truth? We learned this in math in third grade. I struggled with how do you add fractions? How do you add one half and one third? The teacher told me, Mrs. Smith, my third grade teacher, Kevin, you got to find the common denominator. Because once you find the common denominator, then the fractions can be added up appropriately. In this day and age, there is no common denominator. So how can we have relationship? How can we connect? How can we be on one accord where we can't even agree? Because everybody's got their own truth. That's the culture that we're in. Number one, it's hypersexed. Number two, it is clearly about me and what my truth is. And number three, our culture today and our society is less Christian than it has ever been. There are more atheists and agnostics that are in our country than ever before. If you do a study on Pew Research, it tells us very clearly that within the next 25 years, Christianity will be a minority religion in this country. Even back in the day when you didn't go to church, you still had respect for the church. Social media has all but obliterated that. Because in most cases, the things that you see on social media are with the church are usually things that mock the church, not give it value. So this is the culture that we're in. Sex for days my own truth, and less Christian. And yet we're called to be believers in this culture. I'm in the text now. In Matthew chapter 4, which comes on the heels of 
Matthew chapter 3, which in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. And in Matthew chapter 4, at the beginning of the text of the chapter, right after Jesus' baptism, he was sent. You can take that off for now. He was sent off into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. After he comes out of that, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, the Bible says that his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been put into prison. And after he had been put into prison, Jesus knew that if it was coming for John the Baptist, it was going to be coming for Jesus next. Jesus then, at that point in Matthew's gospel, preaches his very first sermon. And his first sermon is Matthew 4, 17. His very first sermon is eight words. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. That was his sermon. He could have started with anything. But he started with repent. For the kingdom of heaven is here. So let's unpack that so that we can set the tone for the rest of the year and where it is that we want to go. What does it mean to repent? Repent means to change your thinking and change your ways. It literally means like a 180 degree turn. You were going one way, thinking one way, believing one way, and now you are called to reverse course and go in a different direction. Salvation is not just about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, which scriptures do teach, but there has to also be involved a space of repentance. Because in order for me to believe what Christ wants me to believe, I can't believe what Christ wants me to believe and also still believe what the world is believing. Because I just told you that the world's view is at odds with God's view. So now we're going to have to choose which one you want to rock with. You want to rock with what the world says or do you want to rock with what God says? And in order to rock with what God says, there has to be a change in how we think. So in other words, you can come to church every Sunday this year. You can read the Bible every day. But if your mind don't change and if your heart don't change, you'll be the same person. That's still clapping, knowing all the songs. You'll be the same person that know a few verses, but your life ain't made a difference. And Jesus ain't interested in you just coming just to be coming. He wants to come so that you can do a U-turn in your life. Because he understands that you're headed down a wrong way, on a one-way street. And that he wants to change the course of your life because he knows the plan that he has for you. Plans to make you prosper. Plans to give you peace. Plans to give you a future. But you got to decide if you want to make the change. And I just need four or five people right about now that say, I'm tired of living this way. Tired of being broke, busted, and disgusted. Tired of being in bad situations. Tired of being people walking all over me. Tired of being in things that I ain't got no business being in. I got to repent. I got to change my ways. And if you ain't ready to do that, 
then 23 gonna look the same as 22. There's got to come a time where you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I can't keep going where I'm going. I can't keep living like I'm living. There's got to be something else that's better than this. And this is what Jesus said when he showed up. His first sermon when he got on the scene, he said, repent. Because the culture you've been living in ain't good for you. Repent because the ways you've been brought up on and, and what was told to you that is good and acceptable is a lie. Repent because the stuff that you're getting involved in gonna cause you far more damage than what you think it's gonna cause you. And it's gonna take years for you to get through the hurt of what you're trying to get yourself in now. Repent! Stop thinking you know everything. Stop thinking you got all the answers. Stop thinking you know all that's supposed to be. Repent because I was the one that made you. I was the one that had you on my mind. I was the one that had purpose for you before you was even thought of. Lord Devon, I think you need to jump in with me here. Because we got so many people that come to church and tell God what to do. We got so many people that come to church and only pray that God answers the prayer that you want. But life ain't like that. God ain't like that. He said, I need you to change the way you think. Because the way you think is going to end up costing you at some point. And the truth of the matter is, if you keep going down this road, you're going to see me one way or another. You're going to see me either through joy because you did it my way, or you're going to come see me in tears because somebody hurt you and somebody did something to you that, that, that you regret now because you didn't want to do it my way in the first place. Change your ways and you're thinking. Remy, he didn't close. He didn't take nobody to the cross. He started with how you living and how you thinking right now is jacked up. And I came to show you how it's supposed to be. And the reason why I want you to change your ways and change your thinking is because the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near. What is this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? The word kingdom uh, in the Greek means basileia. It means a space where a king rules. Now I need to pause here for a moment because you need to understand the difference between a kingdom and a democracy. You see, in a kingdom, the kingdom is influenced completely and solely by the king. In other words, what the king says goes. And there ain't no debate. We live in a democracy. 
Even at Ivy Baptist, and the Baptist church believes in congregational governing, which simply means that the people get to decide and the people get to vote on the course of action. There ain't no vote in the kingdom. In Genesis 1, Reverend Person, when God said, let there be light, there won't nobody around to take a vote. When God said, let there be the firmament of heaven and we're going to separate one from the other and call one sky and call the other one sea, the angels kept silent. The reason being is because in a kingdom, when the king speaks, that's it. And Jesus said, repent, change your ways. Because the reason why you're in this space right now is because you're listening to too many people. You're waiting on the votes of the people. But when you get to the king, you realize that what the king says is all that matters. So here it is. When the king speaks over your life, it don't matter what your family say. It don't matter what your friends say. It don't matter what your co-workers say. Because when the king speaks, that's it. There's something called sovereignty when it comes to the king. And that means that the king can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with whom he wants. And he ain't got to ask you. So I need y'all to understand this as we start the year, that when you read the Bible, the Bible is not a book of democracy. It is not a book based on voting rights of the people. The Bible is about a kingdom and a king. And God created this kingdom for us to be in for our benefit because he knows what's best for us. And so therefore, in creating the kingdom, our responsibility then is to understand what's in it and how to work it. Now, here's the thing that you need to understand about the kingdom, and I'm done for today. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Stop chasing kingdom in physical things. Reverend Eve, let me see if I can twist this around another way. Stop believing that your blessings and favor are only attached to tangible things. What I got, what I drive, where I work, those are tangible things that Jesus said ain't really about the kingdom because my kingdom is not of this world, which means that if he gives you this on this side, there's got to be something better in the side that you can't see. Lord, I wish somebody understood what I just said. This is why Reverend E, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. 
believe in God believe also in me you live in an apartment on this side but in my father's house Lord have mercy do I have people that know Bible there are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I might be living in a bad house now but in the kingdom I got a mansion that is waiting on me I just need some people that believe that what I can't see is better than what I can see that's what I got in 23 I'm chasing what I can't see I'm chasing the favor of God I'm chasing his authority I'm chasing his peace I'm chasing the dominion that's better than money that's better than clothes that's better than food that's better than anything that I can find on this earth repent change your mind there ain't nothing on this side that is better than what God has for me and that's why Paul said Reverend E that my God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that he asks or think according to the according to the power that worketh in me when you understand the kingdom you won't start you won't be chasing the low level stuff that you're chasing now when you want to go for the kingdom you'll recognize there are far greater blessings that are in my life that God wants for me than what I'm chasing right now you're chasing a job to help you make two dollars more an hour when God said in the kingdom I own a cattle on a thousand hills that whatever I got I'll freely give it to you so that you can have what you need and here it is we got too many saints Still looking for the kingdom in the wrong place. Jesus showed up and said, repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Change your ways. Because what God promised in Genesis has come back. That was his first sermon. So here's where we're going now. Next week, we're going to start the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5 to Matthew chapter 7 is one of the longest discourses in, in the Gospels of Jesus speaking on what it means to be a kingdom citizen. And so we're going to start with, in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. <laughs> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Uh, that's what we're getting into. We got to unpack what it means not to be a church member, but a kingdom citizen. And that's what he does in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Last thing I'm going to say and I'm done. When Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He was also talking to church people. Oh. 
because part of the frustration that Jesus had was with religious people who tried to twist scripture to their own advantage. Change your thinking. Because what's happening in our society too, you go on social media, you got people jacking up scripture, twisting it for their benefit to draw a following. And if you don't know Bible for yourself, you'll follow somebody that is a wolf in sheep's clothing. The repentance ain't just for the world. The repentance is for the church, for the people of God. Because when you study scripture, Jesus had more confrontations with the Pharisees than he did the devil. Which means Jesus had to deal with more religious people who were faulty in their interpretations than he did the devil. We got to correct some things this year so we can be kingdom citizens. Let the church say amen. Let's all stand. Thank you. Change your thinking. Change your behavior. Change your ways. Because some of your thinking, most of your behavior, most of your ways came from what is considered acceptable out there. You can do whatever you want with your body. God ain't say that. But it's acceptable out there. Everybody can have their own truth. Bible don't say that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to daddy except they got to come through me. So some of the stuff that we have considered to be acceptable because we got it out there, got to repent. Got to change the thinking. Father, thank you for this visitation today. Our desire, God, this year is to know you better. Not just know what you did and all the stories of turning, feeding the 5,000 or healing the blind man. But this year, God, we're seeking to know what you preached about, what you taught about. And what you talked about more than anything else was the kingdom. Hmm. We admit, God, that so few of us, even as your children, know what that is. So this year, God, give us clarity. Give us understanding. And more importantly, let us pursue the kingdom over the culture. In Jesus' name. I want to end the service here with, since it's all family, anybody that wants to start the year with a rededication. Say, so you know what, I want to.
This might not be for everybody, and I'm not trying to make it about everybody, but I just feel in this moment that there might be some that say, you know what, I need to recommit myself. I let some things slide last year that I need to tighten up on. And I want to be better for God this year. This is no judgment. This is what happens to us sometimes in life. If that's you, make your way to the front, please. I was slacking some areas. I let some things go, and I know God told me not to, but I did it anyway. I don't want to be that way this year. If you're watching and that's you as well, put your name in the chat and say, that's me too. Family, we accept what we tolerate. We don't want to tolerate that this year. The kingdom is so much more than the things that we're chasing. Father, I thank you for these that are honest, that have come forward to admit that, like all of us, sometimes we, we can get slack, we can relax, we can get comfortable and find ourselves off course. So Father, this year we're committing ourselves on the first day of the year to be that Matthew 6.33. We want to seek the kingdom first and be in your right standing and then trust that if we do that, everything else that we need, you're going to take care of. I come against procrastination. I come against laziness. I come against excuses. I come against fear. I come against a lack of discipline. Let us be focused on you in this year. Now, God, we understand, and if we do that, that doesn't mean everything is going to be all right. But we trust that even in the tough moments, you'll still be with us. So as we end here today, we give it all to you. Kingdom over the culture. Because you told us this is how we should end the Lord's prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let everybody say amen. Love you in Jesus' name. Have a great week, everybody. Let's start our week off right in this year. God bless you. Anybody online that wants to receive Christ or join our church, somebody standing by. God bless you. We love you. Today through January 3rd will be registration for Winter Discipleship 2023. 
All classes are virtual via Zoom. Classes will be three weeks on Wednesday, January 11th, 18th, and 25th, noon and 7 p.m. Seeking the will of God? Join us first Fridays of the month starting January the 6th at 6.30 p.m. We will be having altar night. Again, first Fridays of the month at 6.30. You don't want to miss it. Seeking the will of God together on one accord. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Social Justice Ministry Interest Meeting, Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Meeting ID 757-244-5004 or dial in 312-626-6799. Today through January 3rd will be registration for Winter Discipleship 2023. All classes are virtual via Zoom. Classes will be three weeks on Wednesday, January 11th, 18th and 25th, noon and 7 p.m. Seeking the will of God? Join us first Fridays of the month starting January the 6th at 6.30 p.m. We will be having altar night. Again, first Fridays of the month at 6.30. You don't want to miss it. Seeking the will of God together on one accord. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our Social Justice Ministry Interest Meeting, Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, at 7 p.m. via Zoom. Meeting ID 757-244-5004 or dial in 312-626-6799.